everybody, welcome to the Giants of Backlog podcast, where the Giants of Backlog, uh, every two weeks, we put together a podcast where we play a game of one of our choosing that's on our backlog um, in an attempt to shorten and one day hopefully completely eliminate our ever-growing backlogs. Uh, this week... <laughs> it's funny you say that, because like I just bought a Humble Bundle that has like 12 games, so... My backlog just grew by 12. Are they all good teams? Yeah, are they all on your backlog? They're all on my backlog now. What? What's Why? the What's the worst game of that 12? Uh, I don't even know what they all are. <laughs> so then how are they on your backlog? I'm, I bought it. I'm going to play it. Well, I'm at least going to try anything I paid for. I don't That's know if fair. I'll beat them. That's fair. So our backlogs are any game we've ever paid for. So now our, our <laughs> backlog just got a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this week's game is Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy, uh, a game that I chose during our last episode, so I will be hosting today. Um, but before we get into Getting Over It, uh, I've got an opener question just to warm us up, guys. So my question is something that Jay and I talked about earlier in the week. What game doesn't exist that you wish existed like a genre or a theme that seems like there should be so much potential but the game that just should blow that genre away and define it doesn't exist so i'll start mine is pirate game uh i think that a multiplayer pirate game where you have a ship that that has like actual loss, right? A game where if your ship sinks, you lose your ship and maybe not all your upgrades, or maybe all your upgrades, but something along the lines of an MMO, a pirate MMO, or kind of like a Sea of Thieves. No, Sea of Thieves no. sucks. Sea of Thieves had <laughs> That's no the space. issue, right? Sea of That's Thieves what was the game that like we all wanted. Yeah. Like, for the pirate genre, but it is the stolen bombs kind of sounds like it's going to be that. I hope so, because like sounds like it's gonna come out in the next year or two. Actually, from what I heard recently, yeah. right? Because Ubisoft has like it's like a forty million dollar money sink, so they have to get yeah, at least something. <laughs> they got to get something out there. Yeah, but but yeah, they already built the engine, and uh, I mean, Black Flag that that was a genuinely okay pirate game mm -hmm. but yeah it was never like that was before multiplayer even right. but yeah they could have added in a multiplayer component like you're talking about and that would have been great so like yeah if ubisoft's using that engine <laughs> updates it to unreal 5 hopefully but probably not uh and and makes the game you're talking about i, th I think that there's a market for it yeah right why flag was so popular that every assassin's creed since yes has had a boat that you drive around yeah and i haven't played no, it's, flag no it hasn't well pretty much like you have a boat in uh the every single game from the recent trilogy with ac valhalla uh right origins and uh odyssey they all have boats have you played all three i haven't played origins but i played I know there's boats in it though. They all have I know there's boats in Odyssey. I only got a couple hours in the. I put yeah, too much time into Valhalla. But yeah, 
But Syndicate and Unity did not have boats. I played those ones. That's before they I should have had boats. They should have. That's why they weren't as good as Flag Flag. That among other reasons. That's the game I want is a, a Vikings game that's good and not a huge time waste like Valhalla. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Even if it's single player or multiplayer, just like building up a war band of Vikings. Like the closest thing we got is Mountain Blade. Right. Right. Yeah, could you imagine time into that? Yeah. I love Mountain Blade. Could you imagine a first Viking person, army. person Viking army building game in that series? You yeah. rise to be Jarl and then King and Yeah, that 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 sounds awesome. I I think um one 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 game that hops in my mind um I don't remember that name. It might just be Ragnarok or something, but uh it's that first person um like multiplayer Viking hack and slash like a like kind of like Mountain Blade, but Are you thinking of Chivalry or Mortal? No, it hasn't come out yet. It's in development. It's a more obscure one, but I I have it on my wish list. It might just be like Valhalla or something. It might just be like that name, but that looked interesting from like a graphical perspective. <laughs> Jesus Christ! For those who can't see it in the shot, or maybe you can, my dogs are going at it listeners at home um the other game that i really want <clears throat> when i was a kid i played the shit out of the fishing games oh where you could like put your fish in a giant fish tank yeah I love your trophy fish yeah and i look at all the fishing games that come out nowadays and they all look like garbage and there's no fish tank in any of them yeah so uh one of the things that i thought was cool in this like metaverse for Oculus is they have like a fishing thing you can do in your own like living room under the ground. So that's a cool concept to build upon, right? Like VR fishing and then creating a collection of those fish. Yeah. We That'd were be talking awesome. About that, right? We were talking about we've talked about this before too. A fishing game where it's a base level it is a fishing game, but also it's an aquarium building game as well. Oh, yeah. like, could you imagine like you're a fisherman you're fishing you catch fish you put them in your aquarium there's also like a uh, ticket sales like uh, RTS component to it like, cool. like I think it would just be really cool you know like I don't know maybe it would be too complicated it's like two types of games in one but why not right why not Yeah. do, do two things there's a lot of games that do a lot more yeah exactly yeah I mean, look at um, what's the game we just played with the hands that strangle you? Inscription. Inscription. Oh. Yeah. yeah, great. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think that's too complicated to have a fishing game that also segues into a, a larger builder level. Uh, that that seems natural. Yeah, I mean, also as a kid, I played probably a thousand hours of a game called carnivores it wasn't really a good game but you shot dinosaurs and then you had a trophy like coliseum where you had like your trophy kills 
all lined up. You know, mm-hmm. you can see the biggest stegosaur you shot, the biggest T Rex you shot. Yeah. Like, just that progression is so addictive. Right? It gives the game replayability too, because you're trying to trying to one up what you have. Like, um, same thing. I have the same memories with like old hunting games. Like, uh, man, the one I played forever. I want to say it's Cabela's 04, but I don't think that's right. It might be, but anyway, uh, the trophy room is the most, it's the funnest part of the game. Like you go through, you play the game and then you go, every time you shoot something, you go in the trophy room and you're like, wait, I have a doe as my best, as my best, uh, mule deer. I got to replay that level, you know? Sure. Like, or your friends come over and you're like, check out my trophy room. Yeah, look at these. <laughs> What's the, the one multiplayer hunting game now? Is it like called the hunter? Yeah, that's what I've, I've seen that on Steam. Does that have a trophy room? I don't know. If it doesn't, that's a miss for me. But it probably does, right? I can't imagine it wouldn't. Well, is there any game that doesn't exist that you wish? Yeah, so when they did that Unreal 5 demo with the Matrix, where you're just driving around this like super realistic city, and it's there's a ton of NPCs on the sidewalk just walking around. Um, somebody made a mod of that where they made you just basically be Superman. Yeah. So you're just flying that. around. And all that, I think that's all it really is, is you're just like able to fly around this massive city. I just want... They needed more rings in it, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I want somebody to make like a really good Superman game yeah. where you can do like fly around the city and you can use like these OP abilities like his laser vision and super strength. Yeah, where you just feel invincible, basically. Feel invincible, but you fight, like, maybe, like, massive bosses or, like, enemies that are, like, you would, like, in the Avengers game, right? Like, that has a good combat system, but... It has a really good combat system. I heard, that's what I've heard, like, the the game, like, the core game is fun. It's just, it was built to be a live service game. Right, and and it shouldn't have been. Yeah, I just want a game where, like, you're Superman, you're using, like, you're able to just fly around the map, open world. Look, man, they already have the greatest Superman game of all time. Why would they want to tarnish that reputation? Because <laughs> they can't. <laughs> I think it definitely like that would be really cool. And I hope we Super can. Mario 64. If you don't know the story behind that game, it's like one of the worst games of all time and like impossible to beat. Like the flying level is like ridiculously terribly built. And like you can't even get through the rings, like that's what at least what I've heard. I've never actually played it, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just think it. there's a ton of potential there. Yeah, the technology seems like it maybe it's finally come far enough along to make it realizable. So I hope this generation somebody makes that game. Yeah, even if it's that that fan game that they made. I mean, yeah, like maybe somebody just takes that and makes yeah. it its own thing. Um, yep, throws in more villains or whatever. Right? Yeah, just like cool boss designs where you can like yeah maybe it's like spider-man where you just wreck mobs which is fun because like a beat them up but i think what if you have to fly around the entire world six times to generate enough speed to punch generate no fly around the globe to reverse yes to reverse the spin of the earth exactly reverse time that'd be cool (laughs) or uh one second or 30 seconds or whatever it is yeah the other kind of game like i've been looking for for 
years and maybe Genshin Impact is kind of close just like a game that's a live service game where and maybe this is kind of RuneScape for you but you can just keep coming back to it put in as much time as you have to do like a quest in 20 minutes and there's like a meaningful reward that you can use to get a collectible because like the progression of just building a collection or a base up just over time I'm looking for like that side game that I can play for 15 20 maybe 30 yeah. minutes and there's like some meaningful progression and i can just keep coming back mm-hmm. and by daylight. yeah i haven't played that a ton but i i just haven't found that game for me yet well genshin impact so uh, developer just announced their next game so maybe that oh did they yeah it's like a sci-fi like tech metal using all that Genshin Impact money to make something else that's cool yeah and it's probably going to be the same concept right of you know service and mission like I like Genshin Impact like the idea of it I just don't find the combat very fun right it's like my guys look good it's kind of boring to just spam one element and then switch character yeah, and combo with another element like it's cool it's just I don't find it that fun but Something like that, where you can collect a bunch of heroes, like gotcha style. Just maybe something with a better combat system. What about it, like RTS? Games, gotcha style. I I like gotcha games. I hate gotcha. I games. like uh, spinning the wheel. You like spending money. <laughs> yeah. he, li- he likes games as a I will microtransact. Yeah, I think the Superman game or just some kind of live service game. Maybe Sony will make it. That's kind of their their plan now, right? They want to get more into live service yeah games as a service i don't yeah that's kind of the problem with games industry moving forward i feel like is that a lot are moving towards monetization and why can't you just make a good game that's another thing we just talked about right yeah like games i i feel like the gaming community requests that games be like super good like really really good but always stay at that $60 price point. I think we should be encouraging studios to put more time, more effort into games and then make them more expensive. Yeah, charge yeah. 200 bucks, but make it- If it's worth it. Make it right. like twice, twice God of War. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Like we were just talking in the Discord or in text the other week about how uh, Sony's requiring all games to have an hour to two hour demo. That makes a ton of sense if you make it so if studios start making games more expensive and make games more yeah make make them better not more better. yeah and the average person only has time for like what two three big games a year yeah like yeah that's why they, they push them out at the certain points right right so why because people are just getting over elden ring so now it's on to the next thing for the summer right right so why not like make it a hundred dollar game and make it make it good good and grab people's attention for three months because that way they, they charge more money and i'm not saying everything should be more money right? but if you make if you start focusing on making really good games without like this price point that it has to be under then they can spend more time on it. They can put more effort into it. They can stop releasing, you know, the same garbage with a ton of filler and yeah, same formula. Yeah. yeah. 
it's interesting about Sony because like when they bought Bungie, they talked about how we want to have them help us get into live service games. And Sony, they made some of like the best games of the last generation. They're all single player narrative driven games. And um, think about like a game franchise like Uncharted. Like they put out five games, they're all great games, but there's not really anywhere else they can go with that series. Like it's, it's over for Uncharted for the foreseeable future. And even like God of War, um, Horizon Forbidden West, like, yeah, they can make so many games in these franchises, but then they need a break. They're right. not, they can't make money forever off of these single player narrative games. So they buy Bungie to help them make a live service game. And hopefully they can bring like God of War quality to a live service game. And, you know, like God of War Destiny. God of War kind yeah. of in that vein that is a live service game that you can just play forever. Like that sounds really cool. So I hope they pull it off. Not to sound like an idiot, but I know we're all thinking it. What exactly is a live service game? A live service game? <laughs> yeah. It's a game that they keep on releasing content like Destiny or Final Fantasy uh, 14. Uh, uh, what's the one? The, the Division? Yeah, The Division is another one. There's so many, like, The Avengers is supposed to be a live service game, but it's just not, they didn't They didn't do it right. Anthem failed, they shut it down. Yeah, so, like, the idea of, like, Sony combining, like, their strong storytelling, single-player experiences with the live service model, I think that's exciting. I hope it works. Maybe it won't. Maybe it just can't match, but... Yeah, I think it's... It's a waste of Sony's time and money to go that direction. I think it's a strategy to uh, try to just keep getting value out of their franchises instead of getting to like where Uncharted 4, like when did that come out, Cradle? 2016? Uh, yeah, around then. Yeah, so now it's been six years since the last game. They haven't made any money off of Uncharted since 4 and whatever that like spinoff game was with the girls. So, uh, Last Legacy, yeah. yeah. So you're saying take their current IPs and turn them into a lost service? Like, a, a lost service? Live service. Live service. So, like, yeah. take Uncharted and make a live service Uncharted game? Take Last of Us and make it live service with gotcha elements. Oh, cool. Yes. All that. You yes. have to pay $3 for more ammo. <laughs> make it pay to win. <laughs> oh, I'm out of bullets. Paid 99 cents for a full mag. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I just, we'll see over the next five to 10 years, I'm sure. They've said that they want to come out with like 10 live service games by 2025 or something. So. so many. Hopefully they're good and they're not just like cash grabby. Yeah, they're all cash grabby. That's the problem. That's I will, so many. I don't know. Not be? Yeah, well, I hope one of them is good. If yeah, if any of them are good, right? But no, the moment like either either you make it pay to win or you make it like Final Fantasy come fourteen comes out with an expansion every few years and people rave about how good it is and how it's like the best like uh, story content in video games for fourteen. Yeah, like what yeah. was the expansion that just came out? And Walker. Yeah, that like ended like whatever arc they've been doing. So now they're working on the next expansion. It's gonna be like the start of a, a new arc and it's just cool. I don't have time to like play like a grindy MMO though is the problem, so Yeah. 
never been a big fan of live service games. I bounced off of the Destiny. I know, same. That's why a division like I bounce off of. All. I either like games that are multiplayer and you can just keep getting better at the core, or games that have an end that I can move on. Live service games aren't multiplayer. Final Fantasy fourteen is not multiplayer. It is. It is. Oh, okay. Most most live service games are multiplayer. Okay. But yeah, it's just I don't know. It's it's interesting to see how how it'll evolve with time, the, the games industry and the monetization of games. Yeah. Are we ready for my answer? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so. If you have to go. Gotta go. Yeah, if I have to. Well, Jay already knows the answer to this question for me. The something that we're really missing in the games industry is right here on my shirt, baby. We need nice. a good Digimon game. <laughs> Us Digimon fans have been alive and well since that 1999 anime and have loved every second of the mediocrity, but you know what? It's over. We need a good one. We need something that defines it. I think that I like what they're doing with changing up the gameplay style with Survive. I think that Digimon in a a turn-based RPG, but like, like Fire Emblem Mask or a Tactics RPG is the perfect setting for it. So if I have to make it myself, then I will. <laughs> but I think that Survive is going to disappoint more than it's going to help the the franchise, unfortunately. But people are excited for it. Ooh, I was on the PlayStation subreddit. Damn. Um, like they're... When the, the last trailer came out that showed the gameplay, there were a ton of comments of like, man, this looks way better than I thought. If they watch not just the trailer, but watch the entire Digicon, <laughs> they would not be excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, so what was that about that? Like they said there were going to be no, uh, no voice, voice acting, acting. And then that whole trailer they just dropped had voice acting in it so it's, it's like called what? false advertising <laughs> it's all this trick in the book yeah they all the cg trailers every game does this yeah they just have the the voice acting for that one scene done so they push that out there and then the rest of the game is silent that was the entire voice acting yeah that was the voice yeah. acting <laughs> no i think it's gonna be bad um but there needs to be a good digimon game and i think it should be a turn-based uh tactical rpg you remember my idea for a digimon game here did you got what was yours digimon mmo where you spawn in you only yeah you only get one partner you spawn in you get your partner and that's who you're stuck with yeah so it could be a good partner could be a shit partner who cares that's your partner so you better learn to love it yep and you have to restart yeah no i do love that idea i love that idea too i don't like I, no restarts to get a good partner that you got one shot or buy a new copy. Oh, that's it? Uh-huh. That's good monetization right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's real good monetization. <laughs> what was that old Nintendo game, Earthbound? If you, like, modded your um, save files or something, and you didn't do a good job, and the game could tell, you would get to the final boss, and the screen would go blank. It would boot you back out to the start menu, and your save file would be gone. Oh my god! So you couldn't beat the game. So you beat the whole. You played the whole game, but you couldn't beat it. The final, yeah. And then it goes on the backlog. Yeah. Which is our transition to 
getting over it, which our discussion on will probably be shorter than the opener. <laughs> so when I was uh, looking at reviewing this game to set up the uh, my guide for how to run this episode, I realized that this was not a good pick for this podcast. This was this is probably not a great pick for having like long, long, uh, just long form. Thank you, discussion on. But we're doing it anyway. We're doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's probably better as just like a, a live stream where you get frustrated. But whatever, this is what we do. Anyway, so first question we're gonna start off with. Who beat it? These two. I picked the game. Jay and Paul did for listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I picked the game. I had said how much I liked card games, and I just couldn't beat this one. I could not do it. Uh, how long was it? How long did it take you guys? I think around six or seven hours. It took me 12, but I played the two hours back when it started. So if you take that out, it's 10 from when I started it this time. It's really funny because you sent me, or you told me where you were, and you it had only been like a few hours, and then you fell far down. And I, I watched somebody stream this game when it came out. So I was like, oh, shit, he was almost at the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I got up to the uh, um, the tower, radio, radio, radio tower, tower, and I fell down and was stuck down for another six hours. You fell from the radio tower down to the bottom? Not to the bottom, to the anvil part. Oh, okay. And I was stuck on the anvil. I couldn't figure out how to get past the anvil part. Yeah, the anvil's But tough. now I can. Yep. I got the least far out of anyone here. I never got past the rocks on the orange with the oranges. Never got I, past the oranges. I spent about 12 hours on it. <clears throat> yeah. My sessions, as the two weeks went on, got shorter and shorter. Uh, game's frustrating. Oh, yeah. It I is... got obsessed with this game. I... What are you talking about? You played for four hours. No, I played for four hours, like, the first (laughs) night, and then I, like, was... I stayed home from work the next game, because I'm like, I gotta play until I beat this. What? You beat it in four hours. You took a day off for this game? Yeah, I took a day off of work to beat this game. (laughs) Well, I beat it, like, the morning of the day I took off from work. That's funny. You had the same kind of reaction, right, Jay? Yeah, I was at work, and I was just thinking about playing the game all day and I was like I can't wait to get home and, and beat this part and and it was addicting to me you know yeah. keep on going keep on swinging the hammer until your willpower overcame the obstacle yeah I had I think the opposite reaction to it as you guys so what I really like about like hard games is you spend say an hour, two hours, three hours on a part, and when you finally beat it, it's beat, right? The whole premise of this game is that's not the case, right? (laughs) The whole premise is you, when you lose, when you fall, you lose all your progress. There is no, like, there's no checkpoint. 
when you close the game, you're saved right where you are. So, like... Yeah, so in, then you can open the game the and then immediately push yourself even further down. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. You he, could. There's a voice line, too, where he says, like, don't worry, I'll always save your progress, even after you fall. <laughs> right. Yeah. I opened the game once, and, like, the day before, I was just sitting on the anvil, and then I opened it... And I loaded in with my guy falling through the air, like straight sideways, and it fell all the way back to the tutorial section. And How did you open oh. the game again? And I kept going. <laughs> no, John, I got to the point where I was happy when I fell. Because falling, I was just falling back somewhere that was familiar, that had already been, that I had already conquered. And then after a certain point, it's like, oh, I can get back to where I was really quick because I've done it 60 times. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I got somewhere new, it was like, oh shit, I haven't been practicing here. Now it's scary. Now it's real again. Yeah. I am very interested. Good deal. Feel bad if you win. You feel bad if you win? That's a quote. He says, (laughs) says, I put this snake here in case you don't want to win. (laughs) You'll feel bad if you do. I was so scared of the snake. That's where I stopped, and so never, never got past it. Nope. Never got past it. I hopped like I got to that jump like, well, a million times, but eight actual attempts at the jump to the ridge, and I never could get it. The bucket jump. Yeah, bucket jump was hard. Yep. So, so I, I didn't did realize it. with the bucket jump. I thought like once you got your hammer on it, it was like stuck to it. But that was not the case, I found out. Because I thought the bucket jump was going to be easy. You hit the bucket and it swings. Yeah, and it moves like crazy. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to lose all this progress or even progress any further because it just wasn't happening. Yeah. I, like I had I done said, 18 hours at that point, so yeah, I was good. Like I said, I started the game... And my first few sessions over the first few days were like two hours, three hours, you know, getting really good, getting all the way to the security camera. And then once I got good at that, I'd get to the rocks and I would just fail the rocks over and over again, right? And finally, not finally, but the frustration over the overtime just started happening where I would open the game. I'd play for like instead of two hours I'd play for an hour. Instead of an hour I'd play for thirty minutes. So thirty minutes I'd play for fifteen minutes. And by then I'm like opening it, failing once, like nope, turn it off. <laughs> Done for today. Yeah. Same. Um actually right before I came here, I had like fifteen minutes to kill so Shut I up. opened it up. I didn't beat it. I got up to the bucket part and I fell from the bucket down to um down to the uh anvil again no the rocks oh the rocks and then i got yeah. back up to it and then i left but it's just it's more muscle memory than anything once yeah. you do it it's like I would disagree with that too, though, because there were some times where I was doing the exact same thing and having completely different results. Maybe. Maybe not. 
You watch these speedrunners, and their bucket doesn't even touch the ground. They're yeah. just hopping on the mm-hmm. hammer the entire way. You know, it's really yeah. cool to watch. Yeah, the speed runs in this game are insanity. I started practicing a couple of like the speedrun skips. Like you can use the satellite dish to uh, skip the slide. Mm-hmm. I, I could never, I never did it consistently, but I did it a couple times. You just gotta get figure out the physics and swing that hammer just right. So that leads into the next concept. I want to talk about the mechanics of the game, how the game felt. This game plays like shit. I, I mean, maybe you guys have a different opinion on it. That was a design choice. I get that, but man, it doesn't make it more fun. Yeah. It felt like shit at the beginning, but now, like everything I fuck up is my, my fault. Except for the bucket, Jim. That's just luck. I'm getting <laughs> so, so I, uh, like you, after I, I beat it the first time, I climbed back up and I got to the radio tower. And I got along the side of it and I jumped up and I swung my hammer over the top of it and I slid down and I got <laughs> stuck. <laughs> and then he does a dialogue line where he says, oh, tough break. Sometimes that's just how life is. You got the bad ending because it's impossible to recover. <laughs> Wait, and it's scripted. They yeah. know you can get stuck there yeah. and they just have a dialogue line? Yeah, you got, that's the bad ending. I wish I would have done that. So I, I would have. I thought, I like, if I had gotten this my first playthrough, I would have cried. <laughs> I would have gotten that. I would have thrown my keyboard and mouse. That's so funny. Like, while playtesting it, he gets stuck there. And instead of fixing it, he just adds a dialogue line. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, there's one other piece of terrain you can get stuck on the shopping cart, maybe. I'm not sure though, but I, I looked oh, it I up. almost got stuck on there. Yeah. I looked it up. Like it's, you can get stuck on the tower at the end, and I think maybe the shopping cart. It's possible if you do it just right to get stuck. You get stuck on the tower too. What the oh. radio tower at the end of the game? Like the point, your hammer gets on the other side. Goes over the top no of way. it, and then you slide down, and there's no way to get back up. I I looked it up too to see if anybody had done it, and the only videos were like people cheating to get off of the. Yeah, they like oh. had modded their game to be able to like float or something. On my fourth time beating it, I went into outer space, and then I hit the wrong way off of a, a meteor. And landed at the tutorial. It, <laughs> yeah, I slowly floated back, <laughs> and I fell back into gravity and fell all the way down. <laughs> fun stuff. Did you get scared the first time when you jumped into space? Uh, I think I was streaming it for Gradle the first mm-hmm. time, and I was like, whoa, what's happening? Yeah. And I kept telling him, don't push down. <laughs> yeah, so I, I had, like I had mentioned, I'd watched a streamer beat it, like, from start to finish when it came out. So, like, I knew once I, like, I didn't even climb to the top of the radio tower. I just got to, like, the ledge before that, and then I just pogoed up because I knew I'd float. But, like, this, like, that second time, I didn't do that and got stuck. So, foresight. How many how many times did you guys beat him? Just, Just once. Four. Oh, really? I did, after I got the bad ending, I, I didn't really play it after that. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's enough of this. Because I know you beat it in the first two days, right? 
So I was yeah, thinking you you'd probably it. beat it a bunch of times after. You told me you picked it on Saturday, and then I played, started playing it Sunday night, and then I beat it Monday morning when I skipped work. Yeah, and then when he said he beat it, I was at the Oranges. I was like, fuck, now I have to actually get past this part. No, you didn't. You're right, I didn't. You don't have to you don't have to get past oranges. That's basically getting to the oranges basically the way. Getting to the oranges. <laughs> the anvil. Yeah, anvil jump is I think the hardest jump in the game. Yeah. At um, least it doesn't have like the jump before the anvil jump to get up to the anvil is hard too, I think. Yeah. At least the anvil jump doesn't have the the loss. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You get to just keep trying. It. I still don't have the security camera down. Like, I, I couldn't do it today. Oh, that would have been a good idea. I should have played it today. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what do you guys think of Bennett in the background? I hated it, and then I loved it. Yeah, same. I hated it at first. You know, if you've. I stopped you've... hearing it. Yes. For the majority of my playthrough. So. so... That's fine. There's a dialogue line I remember where I kept falling, and at some point, this was like before I got up to Orange Hell, he says, I'm just going to leave you alone for a while now. And then it was silent until I progressed up to like the next uh, scripted uh, dialogue. Yeah, I didn't mind Bennett at all. I thought he was, I thought it was funny. I thought like him being in the background, just like not cheering against you but also like telling you like you're not going to be able to do this was i thought it was hilarious the whole way through i of course missed out on a lot of dialogue because i didn't beat it but i am interested maybe i'll watch a play through see what uh what else he had to say watch jay play it and tell him to go slow i did watch jay play it uh that's the only time i saw that day mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's it's funny when when you just kind of rocket yourself up the mountain, he never shuts up. He just keeps on talking the entire time because you're going too fast. <laughs> just straight all the way. One time I made it up to the bucket in one run and he was talking for, like, he wouldn't stop talking. Once I got there, it's just line after line after line. Does one line interject in? The other lines? No, oh. it, it waits to finish and then starts the next. Nice. Uh, so it's cute the, audio. And it was nice when you don't fall down a lot. You don't have to hear the shitty music that he plays. Yeah. <laughs> the whole bad. Yeah. Feeling bad. Or, oh, that's the one. Climbing on the... Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, I thought it... Like the first day you picked it, I played for like six hours the next day and and I got addicted and I thought it, it was rewarding when you got to a spot you hadn't been to before. And it kept me going because I just, I agreed with a lot of his dialogue where like most obstacles in games are completely artificial they're meant for you to overcome yeah this is the only game that i've played where you're meant to actually not overcome the obstacles mm-hmm. you know as a parent in our sample size of four you know two didn't and two did and like 
every other game we pick, we'll probably all be. Only 7% of uh, players on Steam have the achievement for getting over it. So, it's pretty high. So, we're doing pretty good as a group. Yeah. <laughs> 50%. Good job, whole group. <laughs> um, do you guys have any favorite or least favorite sections? I have a favorite quote. Mm. Hold on, I'm going to read it. My favorite section was probably the snowman part. Hopping over. Oh, I guess you didn't get snowballs. Yeah. yeah. So, I like, my favorite line he says is when you get to the oranges for the first time. He says, an orange is a sweet, juicy fruit locked inside a bitter peel. That's not how I feel about a challenge. I only want the bitterness. It's coffee. It's grapefruit. It's licorice. I like bitter. I messaged like it was like uh, so uh, for those who don't know I'm an accountant and I do um, taxes so April 15th like I was playing this game when we had that deadline and it's hell and I like resonated so much with that quote I was like messaging people that quote at work and I'm like I just want the bitterness I just want to feel bad my favorite part was the snow wall because like talk about determination like my hands would be so tired from just like okay we're going and we had like a 15 minute spell where i get, just kept going up and down the snow wall and you're like you can do it jay apparently like, you're supposed to take it slow and that like part, grab the grips but they're invisible mm-hmm. and that's what's so hard about that part is like speedrunners go through that part like this because they know where they all are, but your first time up, like you're just guessing and just hoping. Yeah, so you just go up and down, up and down. And it's pretty easy to fall back down to the bucket jump from that part, too. Yeah. Well, all I got left is. Overall. I didn't have a favorite part, oh, but my least favorite part was probably the security camera. I think that's where I broke my mouse. Did you have a favorite quote, Jay? Uh, yeah, but I don't remember it right now. Uh, My, sorry, there, there was a good Abraham Lincoln quote, and then there was one that I just read before I came over, but you know, I was like, I should write that down, but then I forgot. Yeah, there was a nice tea quote in there, too. I don't remember what it was, I just remember. I love how he gave credit to the people who quoted, to so say the quote, and then just, Abraham Lincoln. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just slow right on the end. So good. Are you wrapping it up or are we? Basically, I mean, I was just going to ask overall feelings and then I oh. guess if you guys have any any other thing you want to talk about. Yeah, I want to talk about the credits. So I thought it was really neat. I've never seen a, any credits that were handwritten. Yeah. And he handwrote it and he had like a really nice message at the end of it. Oh, that it sounds just pretty like, nice. Thank you for playing the game and persevering through what I put you through, basically. And uh, and then I don't know if we want to spoil the thing he asked not to spoil, but I guess not. If he asked not to spoil it, yeah, I say spoil it because fuck Bennett Foddy, you <laughs> suck. I felt that way too until I got to the phone booth before the snowman, and then when you get to that point, he says. It means a lot to me that you've come this far, endured this much, every wisecrack, every insensitivity, 
Every setback you've forgiven me is a kingly gift you've given me. And he says it in like a kingly voice. Hmm. Um, it's already spoiling it or not? Uh, up to John, this is episode. I do, we do say we are a heavy spoiler podcast, which is something I didn't say this episode, but we usually do. Mm-hmm. I guess we spoil it? Um, so he, he says if you're streaming this, you know, stop. Oh stop. shit, maybe we shouldn't <laughs> spoil it. Stop streaming. Yeah, I mean, we don't have even the Even the streamers aren't supposed to spoil it? The guy I watched didn't spoil it. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't be those guys. Maybe I shouldn't be that guy. Well, it's obviously been spoiled somewhere else. Or did Jay just write it down? Subscribe to us on Patreon and we'll spoil it for you. (laughs) Patreon only. Nice. Alright, we're not spoiling it. Okay. I will find out what it is when I beat the game. But anyway, any other topics you guys want to touch on for this one? Um... It's like it's I think a lot of the discussion around this game when it came out was just like I went back and I watched Dunkey's video about it and yeah. he was just so terrible. Yeah. Know? Like he was like this game's trash, fuck this and then like closed out of it, right? And but I think that maybe some of like the mind share you know, just so influenced by those loud voices that reach so many people, you know, where maybe if everybody wasn't like, fuck this game, maybe more people would have finished it, or maybe not as many people would have played it or attempted it, right? You know, it's hard to say. Yeah, I just like how thoughtful he is in his design, and he does fuck with you. Like, there's this part early in the game where there's a tree that you think, you know, you'll you'll be safe. You can like jump up and you can just you'll hit this tree and you'll be okay. But the tree's not really there. Yeah. <laughs> you go right past it to the beginning. It's the only I don't know. It's the only one, but it's the first object that is in the background. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the only one. I like his commentary. Like I know you touched on this earlier, but like. When you get up to like the the bed after the security camera, there's a quote. He says, "Now I know you're most likely watching this on YouTube or Twitch. While well, some dude with 10 million views does it for you, like a baby bird being fed chewed up food. That's culture too." Yeah, he definitely is a he's kind of a, a dick. Um, and in his credits, he says like he's I think he's a professor at some school, and this is just a project he made mm-hmm. you know and it's just because he really liked an old b-tier game called sexy hiking yeah he made a homage to it so i mean it, it just seemed to all come from a place of passion and he wanted it to make it difficult both like physically to do but also difficult mentally and that's what all of his trash talk like adds to it. And that's why it has the psychological horror tag. Uh, I agree. On Steam, it. yeah. So it's a good one. Uh and and 
one thing he says is like each time I would add a obstacle to this game, it would seem impossible. Like I would never get over it, and then I I did, and I just kept on designing it that way. It's like eventually I was able to, you know. And so, and in his credits, he called out the first person who ever uh, beat the game, you know. And then he called out the first person who did the speed run. And, and uh, maybe this is a minor spoiler, but it tells you your time at the end of each run. Okay. So you can keep on improving on it. And then if you make a unique name, it'll tell you how many times you've gotten to the top and what your best time was. So it's definitely feeding into that speed run culture. It's pretty cool. Yeah. This is a cool game made for a certain type of player, which I wish that was something more uh, game developers did. Didn't make cookie cutter games that are for everyone. Make a game for a target audience who it's going to resonate with and they're going to love it. And for those people, it's truly special. Like niche or like cult, you know, classics. Yeah. It was interesting <laughs> to me that I didn't really like Cuphead very much at all. And this game, for some reason, which was more antagonistic and more, you know, difficult, I'll say, mm-hmm. to get through, I liked a lot. And I don't know if it was just persevering. I mean, I'm doing the same thing over and over again, and that was my gripe with the dragon battle, is I spent four hours on that, but I spent five hours on the anvil. So I don't know why I liked this game and I didn't care for a cuphead. It's weird. Hmm. And vice versa for you. Yeah, I love cuphead. Yeah. It's probably my favorite game we played on this podcast, yet this game pissed me off and I couldn't do it. (laughs) And I genuinely thought this game, for me, wasn't fun. No, it was terrible. I was almost not going to be on this podcast, but it's my house, so... (laughs) (laughs) So should we just roll into the, what we thought about it then? Yeah, I think so. We can go one time, overall thoughts on it and grades. We're scoring here. Score, yeah. Sure. I'll go. Um, so I thought I wasn't going to like this game. But again, you know, just being at work, thinking about wanting to play it, being addicted to it, playing it multiple times after I already beat it just because my second run took me a half hour. My third one took me 20 minutes, you know? So it's just getting better at, at the same thing. I've only got 46 more runs to go to get the golden pot. The golden pot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I hated Bennett Foddy at first and I grew to, uh, respect them and this game gets a solid eight out of ten for me i can go next um i really appreciated how intentional he was in the design of this game like every part of this mountain i guess it's a mountain of trash yeah it is a pile of trash at some points but it's all just so intentional and well thought out. There's no uh, f- filler. There's no parts where you just, all right, I'm just going to spend a minute just 
going over this area it's like everything creeps yeah i i appreciated how intentional it was i i liked how he synced up the audio like we didn't talk about music or soundtrack but like him narrating throughout the whole game it just pairs so well with the gameplay he just put a lot of love into this game and i appreciated that i hated him until he told me that every time i forgave him it was a kingly gift and after that point i, I loved him <laughs> i relished it like it was relaxing it was like we talked about cozy games on a past episode it got it became like a cozy game after a while after i grew numb to falling and um i i'm with you jay i also have this scored as an eight out of ten i never heard that line of dialogue so i guess i never forgave him (laughs) Um, right before the snowman well didn't didn't hear it so you were too enraged no i actually stopped getting dialogue from him might have been a bug oh because i just never heard dialogue after that I heard the bats. <laughs> the jump scare sequence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the present. Yeah. I broke my mouse on this game, uh, ripping it off because it wouldn't go far enough back to get the jump I needed. That being said, I could never figure out the feedback of this game at all. It was not consistent for me from going slow or fast or whatever. So. Maybe that's just me, but my muscle memory was never triggered to any of these obstacles. Like every time I failed on the security camera, I had to figure it out again every time of whether I would swing or jump or or whatever. So never really made any progress in terms of being able to overcome any of the obstacles. It took me the exact same amount of time to redo most things. Like if I fell to the bottom, I would take three hours to get back up like that that's just what it was so um yeah and then after i broke my mouse and bought a new one then i had to figure out the whole mouse sensitivity thing again so i had to relearn how to play the game so by that point i was pretty much just fucking fed up that by the time i actually got to almost completing it with the bucket i was like you know risk reward here i fall to the beginning and spend another 12 hours getting to this point or i just call it and so i called it um, the assets are just ripped from any given store. So I don't think he put a lot of time into actually designing his own game. Um, I think that, yeah, like you said, Paul, everything is meticulous, but at the same time, it's just piled up into a corridor sequence. I mean, he, he just threw shit on top of each other and see it, said, can I get over it? And if it took him six hours to get over it, then he's like, okay, I'll keep it like that. <laughs> and then, so yeah, for me, there's nothing endearing about this game. It's not a cozy game. I didn't learn anything. Uh, in fact, yeah, I don't like Bennett Foddy as a person. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening to this, Bennett Foddy, I don't think you should be a professor. I think you should have that revoked by the university. Um, that being said, you know, I... The most fun I had on this game, probably the only fun I had on this game, were two moments. The first was when we were all playing together, cycling through. That was enjoyable. That was fun because, yeah, I would fail and I would get to, you know, watch you or or Jay do it. And 
you as John for those just listening. Because <laughs> Paul didn't want to stick around. He had some other instances, Engagement. engagements. Uh, but yeah, that was the most fun I got out of this game was not actually playing it and watching Jay. So, you know, he can he can gripe about the people who are just watching people play his game. But at the same time, if that's the only enjoyment I'm getting out of your game, then your game is pretty terrible. Um, so I give it a two out of ten. Let us know in the comments if you want to see Alec stream this game. <laughs> I will. For me, join our Patreon. <laughs> join our Patreon. Join our Patreon. Yeah, we'll, we'll stream this game. <laughs> That's a better be a high tier. Alone. Just stream alone. Yeah. Locked room. <laughs> Locked room. You have nothing to do. Yeah. But play. There you go. Yeah. Just... We'll drop off meals. Through a slot in the door. Mm hmm. Uh, for so. 18 hours straight <laughs> you're an 18 hour stream you hear that an 18 hour stream wow <laughs> that's how long it'll take me <laughs> to get back to the point that i'm at <laughs> so for me i'm closer to alec than i am to you guys for me it was playable but like i said before the feeling of loss in this game i just i understand it it's what the game was designed around. I didn't think it was a fun mechanic. It was. It, it might have been a well-implemented mechanic, but I don't think it was, for me, fun. Um, I have played games in the past, not like because of difficulty, but just because I had no passion for them, where I'd you know, play for an hour and turn it off and not want to open it back up. This wasn't one of those, so it's not going to get like a zero. But for me, uh, I just didn't think the main mechanic of the game was a fun mechanic. And therefore, I scored a 4 out of 10. Did you end up playing it on mouse? Yeah. Okay. I also went away on a work trip. I know, that, that's what I was referring to. And I bought it on uh, my iPad. And I played it on iPad for a while. And that also, well, well that was worse. I got some, <laughs> it was worse. I played it on mobile too. I got some the bucket. I could not do the bucket jump on uh, my phone, though. Sick. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> Paul just likes torture games, though. He does. He loves the Souls games. Every love, single one of them. He just loves getting his ass kicked in. I just love the, the feeling of being frustrated. Yeah. Not that I... Yeah, but you do. I do... Like, you'd probably like the Souls games. So I will beat this game. I'm going to chip away at it over time, and I will beat this game. But you said your sessions are getting shorter and shorter. So. Yeah, but that was me playing every day. Mm. You know, now that I've taken, or not, you know, once I take some time off, then maybe I can put three hours into it again and get pretty good, and then maybe not play, not play for a few days, and then do another reasonably length session. Playing every day, yes, I got down to where I'd play one like five minutes and turn and close the thing. <laughs> I'd be falling through there, exit it. Yeah, I started saying I'll give this thing three attempts. <laughs> Was like the bare maximum I could fathom. <laughs> yeah, and they'll do that to you. So yeah. Anyway, 
for the Giants of Backlog. Our socials are in the comments, probably flashing on the screen right now. Um, next pick goes to... Is it me? Alec. Alec. Yeah, that's me. Um, okay, so I was... I was, like, uh, trying to figure out exactly which one I would pick. So we saw uh, The Batman in the movie theater together, and that was a really good movie. And it's been making me hanker a little bit of Batman in my life. And uh, it's been a long time since I played the Arkham series. And I think, hands down, the best Batman game of all time is Batman Arkham City. So that is my next pick. But if you have the time, I highly recommend playing Batman Arkham Asylum because that's where it starts and it kind of it, it leads both story-wise and gameplay progression-wise into what made Arkham City so great. Okay. Plus Ooh. I love it. Oh! <laughs> Why are we <laughs> Kids like loud noises. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I played uh, Arkham Asylum. I haven't played Last Arkham year. Asylum. I've never played any games from that franchise. John hasn't either. I don't think so. Nice. So that'll be a good experience for everyone. Cool. Cool, cool. All right. See you in two weeks. Keep That's that a fact. <laughs> <laughs> you say keep that in? Do what you want yeah. with oh, that, Zach. Also, edit out all the dog noise. Yeah. It should be fine. Like, I'm these just kidding. Eliminate background noise pretty well. Yeah, it'll be fine.